Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Attention, wives and husbands. 1 Peter chapter 3. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behaviour of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give away to fear. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. There are more verses coming later, but wow, what a passage. A close look at scripture shows the full picture of marriage, a relationship that mirrors the love between Christ and his church. When a husband submits to the Lord, leading his wife with a servant heart and nurturing her God-given talents, she can confidently submit to him, lean on him, and trust his covering. But submission within marriage is a big subject, and I'm a bit brave tackling it today, I reckon. <laughs> it can be a touchy one, not least because it's often misunderstood as being sexist or no matter what obedience. Add in our Western culture, where a me-focused lifestyle is becoming the norm, and well, there can be conflicting ideas. To submit in marriage, it firstly helps to understand the differences between us, men and women. And today, I want to have a bit of fun and a light-hearted yet serious look at the subject. And I say light-hearted, let's turn and say to each other, light-hearted. Light-hearted, okay? So we're going to have a bit of fun as we look into the subject, and I, so I want to introduce you to Mr. and Mrs. Trying to Get It Right. So this is Mr. and Mrs. Trying to Get It Right. And with the help from a well-known marriage counsellor, Mark Gunga, and a few thoughts from me, I want to explore and share with you some differences in a fun manner between the male and female brain. Please note, I want to be clear, 
I'm making a generalisation here. For some of you, you may think differently, and that's okay, and there's no need to beat me up afterwards, okay? Okay. Over here, we cross to the man's brain. It's filled with different boxes, and each box represents something. Thoughts just about the car are in one box. Uh, another, there's another box about money. There's another box about your job and your wife and your kids and your mother-in-law. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> there's even a box in there about how important it is to back trailers properly. Okay? Right. Okay. Yes. So, these boxes... Whoops, back to the mail room. Pardon? I know it's a bit hard. These boxes are pulled out one at a time. The content is talked about, and then they're put back in, okay? And then put back in the brain where they be belong, and they're being careful not to touch the other boxes as they go back in. The woman's brain, however, is very different. There's no little boxes in there. No, rather there's a big ball of wire, and everything is connected to everything. You know, it's like an internet highway. Your husband's connected to the kids who are connected to your time and your job, which is connected to your home, connected to meals and your mother-in-law. You know, it's just all over the place. Women tend to focus on detail. Backing trailers isn't in there, no. And events, and events lodge in a woman's brain. They tend to remember, say it ladies, Everything. Love it. You're with me. <laughs> it's cool. Men don't care so much about detail. No. It's important to know that a man's brain does have a favourite box, and it's called the nothing box. <laughs> Men like to go to their nothing box quite often, and when they pull it out, they use it by doing Nothing, like sitting with the TV remote and painstakingly staring at the screen, changing channels. Yeah. In their nothing box, they think about absolutely nothing. A university in Pennsylvania researched and found that men, that, that men can think about absolutely nothing and still keep breathing. <laughs> This can frustrate the woman. When stress knocks on the door, a man wants to unwind. He goes to his nothing box. And uh, he doesn't want to talk. He wants to chill. And he wants to be left alone. A woman wants to talk about it don't we? Share how she feels. She doesn't want fixing sometimes or advice or even help. She wants her husband to listen. And if he can unpack the dishwasher at the same time, that would be great. As husbands and wives, we often offer the other the solution we think best for them, the solution we would have them give us. A husband might cut his wife off talking about a problem by offering a solution that would suit him and say, just quit thinking about it, don't worry about it. 
And a wife suggests her finest solution, which is talk to me, which is how she's wired, and when all he wants is to be left alone. He wants to go to his nothing box. We simply process things differently, and that differently is okay and is nothing new. How we navigate these things in our marriage is the key. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Trying to Get It Right, for your help and involvement. And thanks to Kasuf Menswear too. So let's unpack the scripture in 1 Peter 3. In the two chapters before that others have spoken on in the last few weeks, Peter is talking to others about submission. And now here in chapter 3, he turns his instruction to wives and husbands. Verse 1, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behaviour of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Wow. Wise instruction. Firstly, Submit means to accept or yield to the authority or will of another person. Here, Peter establishes this up front, the need for wives to submit to their husband. And he gives the reason, which we've already heard, so that if any of them, husbands, do not believe the word, they may be won over without words. And that can be difficult. We women like our words. But rather, he's saying, the behaviour of the wives. That's important. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, they will take notice. My family, growing up in Kauroa near Raglan, lived only a few minutes away from my auntie and uncle and cousins. We saw them heaps. It was great. My auntie Bev was a Christian. Uncle Jack was not. He was a lovely man, but not interested in church things. Auntie Bev regularly attended church, much to her husband's disapproval. He frequently questioned her, teased her about her faith. Sarcasm on the subject was often voiced. This went on for years, but also what went on for years was my auntie preaching to and at her husband. He should do this. He could do that. He definitely should be coming to church. You're wrong, Jack. And so the pattern continued. Though they deeply loved each other, correcting the other was common. One day, my mum suggested that her sister Bev stop preaching at her husband. In essence, she encouraged her to pray more and talk less and show more. As the car safety advert on TV says, no more chatterbox. It was a challenge for Bev, but she decided to follow her younger sister's advice. Slowly by slowly, a change took place, a change in both of them. Bev noticed her husband inquiring how church had gone, and he would ask what she'd learnt that morning. More years passed, and the softening in Jack was becoming more evident. Bev was praying more, and her preaching at him had stopped. One Sunday, she was surprised when asking, would he like to come to church? He agreed. Well, that morning, he willingly walked forward at the altar call and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. Praise God. His age, 76. 
His decision made was sincere, and for the next five years, by this stage living in Turangi, most days would see him riding his push bike into the bush to be alone with God. He died aged 81. Actions speak louder than words. Submit to your own husbands, again we hear, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behaviour of their lives when they see purity and reverence of your lives. Purity and reverence, suggesting a humbleness, a right attitude, a pure one and one that shows respect. We acknowledge we need Jesus to help us at times, don't we? We probably all sometimes in our marriage have uttered under our breath, help me Jesus. <laughs> Verse 3, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewellery or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in God's sight. Keep with me, woman. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. In this passage, Peter speaks directly to the Christian wives and dissuades them from focusing on their outward appearance. In the Old Testament, it seems that a woman's worth was largely determined by how she looked and appealed to men. A beautiful woman was worth more than a plain woman. In the New Testament, a woman's appearance does not seem to be nearly as important. One of the reasons Peter and also Paul dissuaded women from focusing on their looks was because a woman's hairstyle, jewellery and clothes reflected her social status and wealth. And distinctions of status and wealth were undesirable in early church communities where equality was encouraged and favoritism discouraged. Instead of being, instead of being concerned with their, their appearance, Peter wanted the Christian woman to focus on their character, to cultivate that character, to focus on the inner beauty the things that really matter. And so too, these zillion years later, we are to do that. Many of we women here, let's face it, like to shop. It's a buzz to save for some new clothing item or that pair of shoes. We like to wear makeup, some of us. And gosh, that piece of jewellery so suits that blouse you're wearing. We notice each other, even here in this place on Sunday. We comment to each other, love your dress, that shade of lipstick's perfect with your scarf, cool handbag, love your hoodie. And we get really excited when we hear about a great op shop or trade me garment purchase, don't we? Oh, we love that. I hear it and speak it out too. I don't for a moment think those comments are wrong or the things we wear are wrong. It is how some of us are wired. We love colour, we love fashion, some are artistic and that's okay. But alongside that, scripture says in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. It is 
what's on the inside that matters most to him. If those fashion purchases and the feeling of how we look on the outside rule us, then we have got it wrong. The Bible tells us that God's focus is on developing our inner beauty so that it can be reflected in everything we do and what and who we are. Wow. Reflected in everything we do. There's a challenge. No matter our status, our job we hold or not, our wealth, our age, our culture, it's, what, it's what's on the inside that counts. What we think about, what we feed our spirit on. Inner beauty, gosh ladies, how much time do we put into cultivating that versus outer beauty? How much do we want to grow our character? We need to practice putting on some gentleness, applying some graciousness, blow-waving in some kind words, so much so that it spills out and bears witness to Christ. Our inner beauty needs to produce compassion and humbleness, an inner beauty that's quick to say, I'm sorry, that encourages and gives respect to our husbands. Generally speaking, men and women have different needs for love and respect. Men need to feel respected by their wives, and women need to feel loved by their husbands. Focusing here on the wives' role, though, I would say, ask any husband, and I'm sure they will agree, feeling respected is up there. Never show disrespect for your husband in front of others. Don't speak badly about him or whinge and moan to others about what he does or doesn't do. We no doubt have all heard a wife spouting off, haven't we? And it's not attractive. Respect. Our inner beauty needs to reflect respect. Mine hasn't and doesn't always display these attributes. Murray could testify to that. There are times... I haven't shown him respect like I should. And some gentleness and graciousness have lacked too. 42 years together, there's been bumps along the way. We need Jesus to help us, don't we? We need his manual on how to live. And guess what? We've got it. <laughs> we need it to fuel us daily and we need to do what our maker tells us to do. It makes sense real sense, and it bears witness to his name. All the time we should be aware of who this is ultimately about and who we are honouring. Again, what does verse 4 say? We should display the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. When I read that I go, ah, <laughs> sounds so nice. <laughs> and how easy is it? But it says this is of great worth in God's sight, ladies, if we get that right. Unfading beauty, not lacking luster, not disappearing away, having a consistently gentle and quiet spirit. The passage continues in verse 5, For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands like Sarah in the Old Testament. 
Hubbies, it's your turn. <laughs> I know there's only one verse in this particular passage addressing you guys compared to six verses for the wives, but I can stretch it out. I can make some mileage on that. <laughs> Verse 7 says, Husbands, in the same way, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. There's the verse. We're going to unpack it. We're going to stretch it. Husbands, in the same way, Peter is saying here, hey guys, you have some work to do here too. Listen up, take this on board. In the same way, you have to invest in your marriage. How? The word says to be considerate, which means thoughtful of others. As you live out your lives with your wife, show consideration. Not just a day here and there, oh, I did that three weeks ago, that'll do, you know. No, no, show respect, show consideration, not just a day here, there, but daily show that consideration. And treat your wives with respect as the weaker partner. They are of a weaker body. They need to be shown compassion. They need to know they are loved. They need to hear they are loved. Don't be like the guy who said, I've told you I love you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> we like to hear it. We like it in our ear. It doesn't have to be flowers. Just need to say, I love you. I appreciate you. Be good to your wives. Honour them by treating them well. Caring how they feel. Express your appreciation. Most women would agree with me, being thanked for the little things matter. Ah, oh, hear the ladies? Ah. Oh. <laughs> I can serve Murray baked beans and sausages for dinner. And he says, thanks, hun, this is great. He does. I'm pretty sure every night, just about of our married life, he thanks me. And it feels kind of nice. It's a little thing, but it means a lot at the end of the day. I'm sure many of you men do that too. Be sure to praise your children's mother in front of them. Little people are watching. And little people turn into big people. Set the example now, the right example. Teach your children and grandchildren to be grateful. Let your kids see, husbands, that their dad thinks their mum is tops. Husbands, make your wives feel special. A husband's duty in 1 Peter chapter 3 is also to protect his wife. So there you have it, men. Shortened, shortened than the ladies, eh? Women and men have equal worth. Submission can be a hot button term because of how it's perceived in contemporary culture, the implication that women are inferior to men. However, Ephesians 5, 15 to 33 was written to encourage unity in marriage, 
With that in mind, Paul's instruction to wives can't be separated from his teaching to men and his overarching advice to both sexes. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Scripture is clear about God's design for marriage in the fact that men and women have different roles, yet it never suggests that one spouse is more important than the other. Instead, when a Christian husband and wife learn how God has wired them to complement each other in mutual submission, they reflect the love that exists between Christ and his bride, the church. Back in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 12, Peter addresses us all, not just husbands and wives. Verse 8, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another. Be compassionate and humble. There's another sermon just there. If we get these attributes right, there wouldn't be the need to address the next verse 9, which reads, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. As an American comedian once said, if you spend all your time doing the do's, you don't have time to do the don'ts. If our lives are full of doing the right thing, putting God and others first, being compassionate, loving each other, keeping humble, we don't have time to repay evil or dwell on an insult and retaliate. The verse says, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Wow, how blessed are we. Verse 10 for whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The teaching is there. It's clear and true. We have to watch our tongues and the words we utter. We are responsible for our speech. We have a choice. What do we utter? What spills out when we're bumped? I, I don't always have the right words when I'm bumped, when something goes wrong. We have a choice. We are told to turn from evil and do good. Watch our behaviour. Living an authentic life turns God's favour toward us, but pride and disobedience turns his face away. We are to seek peace and pursue it. How liberating it is when we find God's peace and allow him to work in us. His peace is like no other. It truly is. We speak of it, we sing about it, but to daily apply it as the key in our daily lives. To conclude, I would like to finish by reading you this passage one more time, but this time from the Message Bible. And as you listen, 
I pray you will gain fresh inspiration to live a life submitted to Christ. 1 Peter chapter 3, the message translation. Wives and husbands, the same goes for you wives. Be good wives to your husbands, responsive to their needs. There are husbands who, indifferent as they are to any words about God, will be captivated by your life of holy beauty. What matters is not your outer appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewellery you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner disposition. Cultivate inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. The holy woman of old were beautiful before God that way and were good, loyal wives to their husbands. Sarah, for instance, taking care of Abraham, would address him as, my dear husband. You'll be true daughters of Sarah if you do the same, unanxious and unintimidated. The same goes for you husbands. Be good husbands to your wives. Honour them, delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But in the new life of God's grace, you're equals. Treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. Summing up, and this was the part to everybody, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. God looks on all this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked. But he turns his back on those who do evil things. Amen. Father, let's let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is clear. There's no two ways. We just have to obey it and carry out how you instruct us to live. We know it's good for us and right for us, but we acknowledge God. We need your help to do it. We want to have better relationships with our spouses. God, we want them to reflect you, to reflect who you are in your goodness. And again, we ask for your help. We worship you, Lord. We pray, I pray, God, that as we all go from this place this morning, we would just be aware of your presence with us and know, really know that you do care about our relationships. And we ask you, God, for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast.